0: you will be proud of this game, and you can do a great deal for football today. great deal for all the players in the league and everything else. Oh, I see him looking. I'm closing. Ah! I was born in it. Molded by it. Yeah, so they said they got to wake up with a
1: piss out. You talking about Rasool?
0: Mercedes Lewis here, a.k.a. Big dog. Big, dog, big, dog, big dog. You're listening to the Poor Man's Packers Podcast. Go Pack Go.
2: Good night, man. I'm so excited. Let's roll. Let's roll. Hello and welcome to another edition of the Poor Man's Packers Podcast, the one Packers Podcast in the state of our minds. I am Spencer, joined once again this week with Andrew. Andrew. Hello. And the Green Bay Packers once again won 27-24 at Lambeau Field against the New England Patriots. Beautiful day. Uh, wasn't a great game, but uh, you know it's nice. October here, everywhere I guess, but in the Twin Cities, it's beautiful. The leaves are changing. Andrew, how was your weekend? And it mo- was most partly your Sunday, I should say.
1: I I'm still hungover a little bit, you know. Yeah, you are. Um, what thirty two? Thirty
2: two. The last five
1: years, hangovers have been a lot worse. Mm-hmm. So Sunday was good. Um, the Packer game was was good. We won.
0: Mm-hmm. As,
2: we just discussed the but most important part i some still bitch about it but yes
1: have a problem in that when i start doing something i have a problem stopping mm. is <clears throat> you know five menthol mints and packers are tied i'm stressed menthol mints um mcgillicuddy's menthol uh, mint. okay yes not actual <laughs> mints um okay. no and and then you know Monday just sucks, and now I'm kind of coming back to life a little okay. bit. So got so the coffee here. So We're,
2: you're very happy that the Packers won. So your hangover was at least uh, worth, worth it. it. Yeah,
1: yeah. Cool. Overall, cool. all said and done, yes, it was Good. great. Great yeah. time.
2: Yeah, it was a uh, ugly game. I don't. It's weird because I I don't feel great about the offense, even though we put up you know 27 points when the week before we put up 14 and we almost felt better after that. So. Kind of a weird mindset, maybe just because we were behind most of the game, but whatever. It,
1: it just never felt good, you know, <laughs> watching. We talked sometimes like, oh, yeah, we're free. even that first game week one, we lost. We're like, Oh, we're going to beat the Vikings as the Vikings will fall apart. And yep. and this week, it just like you never were like, even though we were behind, we're like, I don't know if we have it. It just I never felt confident. I never felt good. Sometimes you see Rodgers like come out and like complete passes and you're like, yeah, I, I know what he does. I know what he's going to do. Mm-hmm. I not only do I not remember because I have a foggy Sunday memory, but I don't remember because I just don't think he did that much. Like, right. <laughs> there wasn't like, I feel good about it because he didn't see it.
2: I mean, yeah, the first half, because what I think the first quarter, he had like four attempts or something. That first half was one of the worst. We'll obviously get into the game more, but yeah, it was. I don't know if we should do that this week.
1: <laughs> what?
2: Just not get into the game. <laughs> I, <you know>? think, <laughs> I think we'll get into the game, but getting into that, yes, we'll have uh, our normal podcast here, the pick six. Uh, Lynn Lake pick six, the six plays that shaped the game. Then we'll break down the offense, then the defense. We do have take news this week. I'm just kind of, you know, I'm I'm 30 years old. I'm an old man. And I'm I'm starting to get more and more upset with the way Packers Twitter just is how it exists. Uh, so we'll talk about that a little bit, respectfully, of course. We will have is Kyle an idiot? Some Packers trivia. Then we will, of course, preview the Giants game in London. And
1: before that, we have the Stump Spenny.
2: Yes. Yeah, I keep forgetting to throw that in there. But I think, you know, that's part of the Packers trivia. But first, pick six. Pick six. Pick six.
0: Pick six.
2: All right. The Lynn Lake pick six six pack of the week. Uh, Shout out to Lynn Lake. They're celebrating their anniversary this week. They have events all week on the 6th. They have a silent disco, the seventh, a rooftop rave, the eighth, a Lizzo-themed brunch, and of course, October 9th, they have, they're have they showing the Packer game as they always do. The game, once again, starts at 8.30, but they are opening up at 8, which is legally the earliest they can open up and serve alcohol, which was a great detail to read when I was sent the email. So if you're looking for something to do this week in the Twin Cities, you can find any of these events online on their Social media, and if not, I mean, I think we. Well, Andrew, we might go to Lin Lake on Sunday. We might go on Sunday. There's a ninety-three percent chance we're going to go on Sunday. If you aren't in a poker tournament, correct. I
1: yes. mean, it's like a two-day event. So, <laughs> I like I told Spencer, he's like, "You want to go?" I'm like, "I hope not." But yeah, if I'm not in this tournament, where ten percent people make it, you know, whatever. And I wanted to mention too. I'm pretty sure. I know actually, they have a kitchen there, so we can eat and and you get some eat. breakfast yes. beforehand. And yes, they have eat, burgers. Eat it up. Yeah, so I'm excited yeah, for they, that.
2: They're gonna have bloodies and mimosas and breakfast burritos as well. So cool. there you go. All right, and Lizzo is not Lizzo will not
1: be not there. be there. Yes. I wasn't sure. Okay, well we don't yes. know for sure yes. actually. All
2: right, and that's the plug. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> All right, moving on. The first pick six play of the week. A lot of a lot of big plays, but first one to jump into. Score is seven to three. Patriots have the ball, first and ten on the Packers' thirty with a minute left in the first half. Gary as he's been doing all year, comes off the edge and sacks. Zappi forcing a fumble and saving the Packers at a minimum a field goal. They obviously had a punt after that, but that play was fucking awesome. Very rarely, it feels like, at least in recent memory with the Packers, do we get like a dude screaming off the edge, unblocked, blindside, and you see that he's going to smack the quarterback. And like that half second beforehand, I'm like, Yes, this is the violence that I crave when I'm watching it,
1: football. It's the opposite of like you ever been at a dinner table and your friend's leaning over on the chair and you can tell he loses balance and you look <laughs> at it and you're like fuck I don't want him to crack his head open, but you can't say anything because you're mesmerized. That's kind of the quarterback in that exact situation. And but you're excited. You're like, Yes, fucking
2: knock him out. Yes. And this is better too, because it's not a friend, it's a stranger. Exactly, we, <laughs> we don't care about his name. And he's paid to fall. So exactly. So yeah, it's fine. Huge play in the game. Um once again, the first half was defense. Oh, second shit. Half was it
1: wasn't Hoyer.
2: No. Hoyer got hurt. Yeah. Yes. Uh, the memory is coming back yeah. now. From, wow. Uh, Those hangover, mints. Everything. Damn. Yes. Okay. So that first punt, uh, big play of the game. The next pick six play, the score is still 7-2-3. Uh, the third and nine in their own territory for the Green Bay Packers. Rodgers throws it outside and is picked off by Jack Jones, who returns it for a touchdown, making it 7-10. to and this play was the perfect cap on probably, well, it was one of Aaron Rodgers' worst halves of his career. I think Rob Domofsky tweeted it out Out of, what was it, 211 or 200 something games. This was the worst pass rating Aaron Rodgers has ever had in a half. So, like, 400 halves he's played, and this was literally the worst one he's what
1: had. What a stat.
2: Yeah, yeah. I was, I, I figured it was bad and. I was like, eh, he's had bad games, but to read I, that, I was like, eh. I okay. guess that's
1: what happens. I think you were just saying he had what four four throws in the first quarter and a half. Yeah. I mean,
2: shit. Yeah, not good. Well, especially when you throw a pick six, not good. And I believe that was only the fuck, fifth or sixth Do one of his pick career. Pick sixes as
1: well. affect your passer rating more than just a standard pick. Like, are you responsible for what happens on the back end of that interception?
2: I don't think so. Not okay. with uh, no uh, QBR. Puts that into effect, but the pass rating does not. Interesting. That would not affect that. But yeah, pretty perfect cap on a terrible half of offense for for the Green Bay Packers. The third pick six play. First drive of the second half. Packers on their own 19 after a lackluster Amari Rodgers return. It is third and 10 after Rodgers throws two incompletions. Rodgers drops back. Uh, throws deep to Lazard. Nice little bullet up down the sideline. Lazard makes a nice little diving catch for 32 yards, picking up the first down, and this did eventually lead to a Robert Tunyan touchdown, which made it 14 to 10. But Rogers even post-game and today on the Pat McAfee show said that this was the play that got him going. And the rest of the half he was pretty fucking good.
1: Yeah. So do you know out of curiosity how his passer rating was in the second half compared to the first? Like is no. there a stat on that? Like Biggest turnaround in a passer rating. Or yeah, I know whatever.
2: they I mean they showed that stat I think in the fourth quarter too, how he was like five for ten in the first half or whatever, and then the second half he had like just a handful of incompletions. But cool. Yeah. Uh so yeah, huge play there. Fast forward. The next pick six play. Petzer on the Packers 25, first and fifteen. Uh get the ball when it should have God, yeah. They get the snap when it should have been a delay of game. One zappy drops back, lobs it up to Devontae Parker, who catches it for a touchdown, making it 14 to 17. It's very weird how the last two weeks the the play clock has been such a big thing with, obviously, Tom Brady last week on the two-point conversion. And now this week when there should have been one called. But God, I would be surprised if it comes up as much as I was just
1: going to say, have I been like ignorant and not paying attention to games or has the like uh, time clock been this big of a part forever? I just don't remember talking about or hearing it talked about so much.
2: It's weird because, well, being a Packer fan and watching the games, you see Rogers take it down to zero quite a bit all the time. But nationally, it's been a bit of a learning curve this week to learn the rules. A lot of people. So for it to come up again was. Well, I remember
1: even the announcers saying if you're a Packer fan, you have every right to be upset right now because that was like two seconds.
2: Yeah, it's the worst Um, I've ever seen it not called, and a lot of people pointed this out. It was so bad that the play clock literally reset to 40 while the ball was Was
1: this our first Romo game of the year? Yes. I like Romo. Yeah, he's He's good. I I like
2: him and uh, Jim Nance. I I wish Kevin Harlan, who does the radio stuff, and he's the Packers preseason guy. He's one of the best play-by-play guys, and he should— he he should be like their main play-by-play dude. But I'm gonna sound whatever.
1: like a moron, but I like Romo and that that tight end.
2: Oh God, uh, blonde hair, Guy Greg, Olson? Like yeah, Greg Olson. yeah, Greg Olson. Yeah, yeah. I like. I think he's. A, I think he's good too. Don't use the microphone as a. Uh, <laughs> yeah, don't, you don't use your microphone to point at me. Then the audio will be bad. That's fair. Okay, uh, moving on. <laughs> The next pick six play after a Crosby field goal and an exchange of touchdown drives from the Patriots and the Packers. The uh, Packers have a third and eight from the Pats, 40 with just over two minutes left. Rogers drops back, goes deep. It's looking good, kind of reminiscent of a Geronimo Allison play in the past, but this is two. Romeo Dubs gets the ball in his hands, catches it, goes to the ground. It does not follow through, falls incomplete, and the score remains uh, the same at the time, tied up. And Matt LaFleur, once again, you know, all this bitching last week too about Aaron Rodgers and the timeouts, using the timeouts. LaFleur just rage challenges the play. We lose a timeout, wasn't even close to a catch. And if he kept that timeout, there's a good chance the Packers would have had a chance to win in regulation, you know, with that, uh, that punt. I think the Packers got it with like 10 seconds left. They just had that shit play at the end of regulation where Cobb lateraled it back. If we had a timeout, we would have had at least 40 seconds there, which would have gave us a chance.
1: So I have a question as a normal football fan. Mm-hmm. I thought that ground cause <laughs> is okay and still means it's a catch. Can you help me understand, sincerely? Because <laughs> oh, to me, that was a catch. A lot of people...
2: Uh, the the rule is always pretty fluid. It was, it was kind of the Calvin Johnson rule back in the day because this happened to him. It's like of, the it Des Bryant
1: was, thing too, right?
2: Yeah, but... <sighs> It's kind of different in the end zone too. I wouldn't have been shocked. It's the way the rule is written too. Is like you, if you tuck the ball, it's fine. I was kind of wondering. Nobody really knows what a catch is. Hopefully, it doesn't affect us in the future. But
1: is it a football? I know they said, oh, he didn't make a football move after. That's usually like
2: not in the end zone.
1: And that's why I'm confused because you see guys catch a ball, they put two toes, one from each foot, into the (laughs) into the grass, and then. That counts. Yes. You know, because they just fall over. Yes. So, why if, does the uh, catch if, if two steps? Taps- and then fall, what what is the difference to that point I don't before know. you touch the ground? Is what I just don't understand. It
2: was a bang bang play, but I watching it, especially the replay, it looks like a drop to me. So I okay. can't I can't be too pissed. Yeah,
1: I just about didn't know it. if there was like a rule or if you were like, Oh, they blink three times, you're in. If you, yeah. they don't, you're not. You flip no. the coin. What the, what's no. going on?
2: You're supposed to survive the ground and he did not, so okay. it was fine enough for, for that's, me. That's fair. But that of course kept the score at 24-24. Packers and the Patriots then go to overtime for the last pick six play after a three and outs from both the Packers and the Pats five minutes left in the game Packers on their own 45 third and one Rodgers fakes a handoff to Dylan then throws it back to him picking up 11 yards a few plays later the kick the game winning field goal this play was nice I mean there's a few there there was a big pickup to Lazard big pickup to Cobb as well but on the third down short yards situation on your own side of the 50 and especially because it's something we've harped on I've harped on all fucking year is running it out of shotgun and short yardage situations and LaFleur brought it up last week and it does seem like he actually changed Aaron Jones had a nice pickup on third and short out of shotgun where he busted it outside but other than that we did do the single back out of uh taking a snap behind center and this was an instance of that Nice little play action, and then what do you know? Dylan's still open, throw it right to him, and a couple of plays later, game's over. So,
1: Yeah, that worked out nice. Yeah,
2: uh, shout out to Mason Crosby for making the game-winning field goal as well. That's what's nice this year, too. Long snapping, especially on this podcast, has been something we've talked about a lot. And right now, I am not thinking about the snaps on punts and kicks, which is awesome compared to the last few years. So, right, not having to worry about it, sure. Exactly. So that was it. Packers win 27-24. Moving on to a review of the offense. Got to start off with Aaron Rodgers. Like I said, literally the worst half of football he might have had in his career. He even admitted post-game that it was a terrible first half, even to the point where he blamed Dub's fumble on himself because the ball was so bad to him that Dub's had to like reposition himself to catch it. And he said if he throws a better ball there, he doesn't fumble. So once again, for how much people piss and moan about how much he complains about the rookie receivers. People still love bringing up the one quote from training camp when Watson and Dubs were still learning the offense and everything. He takes a huge, you know, he takes the blame here. Another thing that pissed me off during the week uh, or during the game like Zach Cruz tweets out uh, uh, and for the hundredth time Aaron Aaron Rodgers says, you know, you got to be patient with the rookies, but for the hundredth time he shakes his head after a throw. It's like and this wasn't that throw, but just because he fucking shakes his head doesn't mean he's being demeaning towards one of these other players on the team. And that shit just pisses me off. We just love saying, and Rodgers is a Sterly fellow, but. Who is can, that guy? We can calm him down a little bit. Zach Cruz, he works for, uh, he writes for Packers Wire, which is part of USA Today. He's,
1: he's not official Packers Twitter, though,
2: right? N- what, is th- what does that mean? Well, like you said, you have some gripe with Packers Twitter. When I'm seeing Packers Twitter, guy. I'm seeing the community of Packers oh, Twitter. Oh, I
1: thought like you were talking. No. Green Bay Packers tweeted something that you disagree with.
2: No, no, no. You can't get upset with them too. They're the most cookie cutter social media. Okay, and
1: there. that's what I was like cause... curious. I didn't know if you know this is some Starbucks Christmas shit. Like, what's what's <laughs> yeah, going
2: on? I gotcha. you. No. nope. Um, but yeah, Rogers terrible first half. His decision making has been weird. His the deep balls up until like the Lazard completion in that first series in the second half it really felt like he was playing like a fucking video game and he had an achievement. He had to unlock by completing a pass over 30 yards. It was like again and again. And he was just off by so much. I, it was very frustrating to watch in the first half.
1: Um, Did you know that the Packers are tied for second in the NFL for this year's plays over 20 yards?
2: Yeah. It's weird. Cause they define it. The big plays as a run over 10 and a pass over 20. And I would bet all those that we have are like, 25, 22, and right. runs of like 10, 10, 11. So
1: just right right on that marker. Right yeah. on the
2: cusp. But yeah, if they change that definition of what it is, I'm sure we'd be outside of, course. of But I can't really complain too much about the offense. But uh, yeah, I don't know. Overall, fine with Rodgers. I'd like to see a little bit more consistency out of him. But whatever, uh, outside of his play, I don't know if I've ever seen someone whose hair looks worse when they wear a hat, too.
1: I saw something about Amimi's, uh coming up for Halloween. I don't know if you guys watch Peaky Blinders. I have not, but I'm aware. Okay. It is actually on. Re- <laughs> it's so crazy how realistic it is. Like the comparison side yeah. by side is, I, I love Peaky Blinders, but it is
2: dead on. Yeah. It's like, you know, five, 10 years ago, this was not exactly, but we would say it's a Macklemore haircut and now it's a Peaky Blinders yep. haircut. Uh, last thing on Rogers too, that. Uh, first series in OT that third down play where he got hit and spun around and used his hand to not get sacked and then threw oh, the completion yeah. I literally jumped up and was like what the what is going on here I was getting ready for him to complete the ball and I was like this is going to be one of the highlights that we see you know 20 years mm-hmm. down the line that would have been something yeah would have been but uh, did not still happen. was I mean he didn't take a sack so true, true. I I'm I not liked complaining. it I would take that uh, moving on to running backs Aaron Jones great game Finished with 16 carries, 110 yards, a 6.9 average, kind of nice, and a long of 20. He also had three receptions for five yards. I don't remember what I said two weeks ago. I know last week he didn't have a great game, but once again, I think Aaron Jones is the best running back in Packers history. We've watched a lot of halfway decent backs, Ryan Grant, Eddie Lacy, Amon Green back in the day, obviously Jim Taylor back way back in the day. But he far and away has the best yards per carry in Packers history for anyone who's, you know, has over 150 carries, and he's so good. You just kind of assume sometimes like he gets the ball and he cuts outside and he's not even past the line of scrimmage, and I'm like, oh, this is gonna be eight yards minimum.
1: You just know what's gonna happen, right? He's, I mean, he's good. It's all right, I guess. Yeah, yeah, I'll take it. Yeah, just, just all no, right. Jerome Bettis, but <laughs> God, shut the hell. Up. Inside yeah. joke for you guys who listened last week.
2: Yeah, and like I said, he's. I like seeing him on third down. To the uh, we had the play fake inside, and then Rodgers pitched it out, where he pretty much walked in for or not walked in, but uh, to pick up the fourth and one, I believe. Once again, just a very consistent player every week. Zach Cruz, God, I keep bringing him up. Tweeted this stat out: Aaron Jones has 12 runs of 10 or more yards this season, second most among running backs. He's also averaging 4.42 yards after contact, third best among running backs and. Her pro football focus, his 18 forced missed tackles and 18 rushing first downs are both third most in the league, which is I I was going to
1: say, I mean, you literally just picked it up. But not only in Packers history this year, comparison against running backs, he is in the top two was what I based on the stat page I was looking at. It put him as two overall in statistically running backs uh, in the league.
2: Yeah. Yeah. And. Really, nothing negative to say about him. He's fucking, he's a, seems to be a great person too. The only negative I think is, and he does a great job. We always see him with the uh, headband on, you know, on the sideline. AG Dillon had the right idea this offseason, totally shaved his head down to like he's a bald guy. Aaron Jones' hairline is woofda. Is it receding? Oh, God. I, I can say because I have a receding hairline too. Oh. So, you know, I, it's fine. I mean, for me is to he, is he 30? Oh, yeah. Uh, not, when I, I hit thirty it was like twenty eight. Okay. I aged
1: five years in my like twenty nine to thirty one. It was is bad.
2: They do say with running backs who once you hit thirty it's all downhill and yeah, his, his hairline might be part of that as well. Is he uh, married? I don't know. He has a kid though. Okay. Either way. Whatever.
1: I better get on it soon is what I'm trying to say.
2: (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. I'm sure the uh, NFL running back is going to have trouble (laughs) finding a potential suitor in the future. Oh, shit. Moving on, AJ Dillon, 17 carries a 4.3 yards per carry. Had a solid second half. Uh, First half, a little lackluster, but especially second half when that defense was slowing down, he was running over dudes, especially that last drive where it's like, okay, this is where we... Have always wanted AJ Dillon to be the between the tackles guy, getting the tough yardage, and he was able to do that.
1: Do you think Aaron Jones is our most trusted receiver?
2: Uh, no i th- I don't know. It's we. It's for most trusted. It's definitely Alan Lazard and Randall Cobb and okay, then everyone else. Okay, sure. No, that makes sense. Yeah. Yep. and you know, good timing. Moving on to wide receivers, Alan Lazard, almost a uh, you don't want to say it, but almost a Devontae Adams type game where you look up and it's like, oh shit, he had a really good game. Six receptions, 116 yards. Didn't have a touchdown, but great game. Uh, he seemed... I feel like here on out, it's going to be between him and Dubs every week for who the true one is. And then Randall Cobb will be the third down guy. Um, once and then again,
1: Watson will be our big play guy. Who? Watson.
2: Oh, Christian Watson. Yeah, we'll see. Uh, we'll, yeah, we'll get to him. Okay. But yeah, great game from Alan Lazard. Once again, it felt feels like every catch he gets is a first down. Uh, Romeo Dubs... Probably could have led with him because once again, it it's you know, not he had those bad plays, but it's very fun to have someone like him to talk about when we haven't had like a new young talented piece the last three years on offense.
1: You really scared me there because it looked like you were going a different direction when you said dubs, (laughs) like you were disappointed. And I was like, Fuck, did I totally misread the number the entire game I watched? Like, am I an idiot with my whole thing? Concept here. So I'm I'm glad I did not do that.
2: Yeah, no, he had five receptions, forty seven yards, the one touchdown, and yeah, the perfect definition of a rookie game. Fumble, then a beautiful back shoulder touchdown, got to go ahead touchdown, and then back to back quick throws on the final drive to get us into field goal range. I love. I love Romeo dubs. We'll get into him later too with uh take news stuff, but he's He's going to have these growing pains. He's a workaholic. He, Bill Huber put out a nice piece this week talking about how, like, every day, Romeo Dubs goes and catches, like, 150 balls from the jugs machine just after practice. So love to have a guy like him on the team. Huge. Uh, moving on, Randall Cobb. Once again, I mean, what what do we have to say about him? Three receptions, 42 yards. Every catch, once again, was a first down. Uh, got us into field goal range at the end.
1: He's a tried-and-true safety net. He, he's your, your Frank Gore. He's, I, he's getting stuck.
2: Four yards if you need four yards. You know, obviously, he's not four. He's a catcher. But yeah, yeah, he's, I, he's tried I, and true. I keep waiting for him to fuck up, and it just doesn't really happen. For the only... I don't even want to jinx it, but the only thing that could really slow him down will be the same thing that slowed him down next year, and I'm not going to say it to jinx it. We're uh,
1: not going to see... Uh, oh. a nine yard or sorry a nine catch game from him no this prob- year. that's the thing that he's, would be like he has a when I say I should have clarified when I said Frank gore the floor I'm, <laughs> I'm talking like fantasy stuff you can count on him he's gonna get you six points but he's never gonna get you 12 right, right. well that's um, you know uh whatever Cobb he's gonna have a floor of 40 yards but his ceiling is like 65 yards, right? I mean, for the most part.
2: I would say something like I would be surprised if he had a game with over six receptions. Okay, Something like that, yeah. And moving on, you talked about him earlier. uh, The other rookie, Christian Watson. Nice first career touchdown. Once again, his speed with the ball in his hands, and even when he doesn't have the ball in his hands, the defense always has to account for it, but once again, he got that handoff, and it's like he just hit another gear. No one was even close to him when, when he got the ball. You thought it might be a close play, and I think it was that first series where Rodgers thrown that deep ball. I can't remember watching a receiver try to track a ball in the air like like Watson did there. I don't know. It's like he was literally trying to find like he was a hunting dog trying to find a flop and duck after it got shot. And he just turned back there, lost the ball. It was very strange to see. I did notice too his brother, <laughs> Christian Watson's brother on Twitter made the remark that that wasn't christians fault rogers th- should have threw a better ball so i can't wait for the uh the watson family takes in the future here but they seem to be good people i want
1: to see just... the watson rogers feud did anyone from rogers <laughs> side stick up and say like no your brother should be watching that ball the whole time uh no i no. no i'm joking i was oh, of okay. course of course they didn't but
2: the best jokes are the ones you have to explain
1: yeah i know it's i'm good at that too
2: <laughs> yeah but very exciting he's a very weird player right now roger said on mcafee today too that when he looks back at the tape he sees how open he gets so i think we're gonna see some more deep shots in the future hopefully we'll watch him track it a little bit better
1: right now i know we might be moving off of wide receivers here mm-hmm. is there any update on Watkins?
2: No, so he's on injured reserve. This was the second game he was out, so he'll be out at least two more games. And that's
1: just like kind of radio silence until it gets closer to the end of that four weeks at least? Right.
2: he's He is not going to play for sure. He's not on the roster these next four weeks. Then he has three weeks to practice, and then after that, they can put him back on the active roster, and he has been with the team, which kind of looks like he's going to play again this year. Haven't, okay. haven't had any updates, and they coach doesn't really have to give them an update got it if you know he doesn't want I'm
1: to, i'm so. only curious for like knowing more of um non-rookie players that we can trust and, and rely on in, in some critical situations
2: i guess but i don't I, if if sammy was gone the rest of the year i'd be fine with it he's a you've fine never player, you've never liked him <laughs> no, I mean, he's fine, but he's nothing different than what we get out of Alan Lazard or Randall Cobb. And the upside of Christian Watson and Romeo Dubs is just so much higher than Sammy, where it's like, I right. I don't really care. If You're not going to have Sammy
1: catching balls in four years, no
2: matter what. Exactly. So, yeah, that's where I'm at. Uh, moving on to tight end, Robert Tunyon. Welcome back. Just the two receptions, but a nice touchdown. Uh, I don't know if he's been around long enough to say he has a classic play or classic type catch but this seam up the middle touchdown that seems to be the classic Robert Tundin play so it was nice to see that he's still a little slow with a ball in his hands I mean it has been less than a year recovering from that ACL injury but still pretty happy with how he's looking right I
1: think you can coin it right now like you're calling it his classic move before it's his classic move so then in four (laughs) years when he's done like that 20 times Uh you can be like I knew that Mm -hmm. I this was going to be his coined play
2: yeah well I don't know I've yeah you know, I don't know if I'll take credit for that other people have said this as well but I yeah. was i I will say that I was the first person to know that uh, we were calling it the gold zone for uh, for Austin Powers gold member a few years ago whatever i'll I'll take credit for that one I'm not gonna
1: <laughs> I love it
2: Moving on to the offensive line a bit to talk about here. I'll just run through the couple of pro football focus stats. first, we'll start with Pass blocking, best way to look at it is pressures allowed. Elton Jenkins allowed three. Josh Nyman, Bakhtiari, and Newman, and Myers allowed one. Runyon allowed zero. And then for run blocking, the three players that graded out poorly was Bakhtiari, Josh Nyman, John Runyon, average Josh Myers, Royce Newman, and then a high-quality grade was Elton Jenkins. So it's kind of all over the place. Um, We can start with David Bakhtiari. Once again, he's coming back from this injury here. He played the first two series, and then uh, Yash came in for just those three snaps of three and out, and those were the only snaps that he'd miss. So it was nice to see that. Bakhtiari, our coach, said after the game that Bakhtiari came up to him and said, hey, I'm good to go. We don't have to rotate anymore. So it was nice to see that. Um, But other than that, the big talk this week since the game has been over is what do we do with the alignment of the offensive line? Elton Jenkins, along with Bokhtari, obviously coming back from the ACL injuries. But Elton Jenkins, for how much we've talked him up, and he is a great player, he seems to be struggling, still coming back from this injury at right tackle. Naturally, and a lot of people have said this, TJ Lang, our former right guard, or guard, I can't remember if he was left or right guard, um, he said on Twitter that Elton is a guard. He should probably be playing there. It's obviously a sticky situation with him being in a contract year. You get paid more as a tackle than a guard, but right now, I don't know. I think I would like it better if he was uh, he was playing guard and we figured out what to do with uh, with everyone else there. Um, Any thoughts on the offensive line there? Well,
1: does Bakhtiari seem full strength? Like, as far can you see any injuries lingering from the way he moves, walks, plays?
2: Uh, I so I don't watch like the offensive line. I'll you know watch the game again and stuff, but I don't focus on that. People who do say that Bakhtiari looks healthier than Elton Jenkins. He does appear to be playing better as well. And again, with Yash only playing the three snaps, I think Bakhtiari is good to go. The the tricky spot we're in because a lot of people are talking about busting Elton into uh into the inside playing right guard and then having Yash play right tackle. I think that's fine, but I really just want to see Zach Tom, the rookie, I think the easiest thing to do, Royce has been pretty solid. He was pretty solid last game, but having him as a, keep him as a reserve at the guard position, keep Yash as a reserve at left tackle, and then put the rookie in at right tackle. He's only going to get better. Have Elton Jenkins play next to him or maybe flip, put running on at right guard, but that's what I would like to do so that you have the least amount of moving pieces as possible.
1: No, that makes sense. Honestly, you know so much more than anything I would have even imagined from an answer there. So that is perfect. Cool. Yeah, I'll take that. The other thing to talk How about. How many uh, more times do I have to toot your horn this episode you said to stay?
2: It's... Okay. That's, that's not... Yeah. <laughs> I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. No. Toot toot. Yeah. Uh, the no. other thing to say is Rogers got mad at Josh Myers. First, I thought it was because he didn't snap in time, which was the case on that one play. Even Josh though Myers was a center. Yep. Okay. And uh there was a injured Patriot at the time, but Rogers did say that two snaps were too far to the right, and that's what led to the dubs miss throw as well. But uh yeah, that's that's it for the offense. What about the,
1: the dubs fumble? Obviously we talked about it, but yeah. why I mean, we you know we know we fumbled.
2: What's your
1: opinion on why that happened?
2: Obviously, it was bad. Well, yeah, we kind of touched on it. Roger threw it behind him a little bit, so he had to readjust. So the he never ball. really got
1: full. I mean, he got control, made a football move on like the end zone catch. He
2: he had to catch it awkwardly, which led to an awkward tackle. Okay. So he lost. You still got to hang on to the ball, but no, yeah. I just that's that's great. Yep, yep, and uh, we'll I see don't what know happens. Who to blame?
1: I have to shift blame somewhere. Right. Yeah.
2: <laughs> But yeah, we'll see what happens with the offense. Once again, we're four games in. It's a work in progress, but a lot of people are down on it. It's still, you know, if... why people make, are down on our offense? Oh, yeah, I for sure. I mean, it was lackluster. That first half was fucking terrible. They were getting booed at halftime. It's still, if, if the game is flipped and we have a great first half and a terrible second half, we'd be like... Oh, we'd be much worse. We'd be much further down on the on the offense right now. But Wait. if if Dubs catches that touchdown and Watson catches that one deep ball too, I think it's a different conversation. So I'm not overly worried.
1: They were getting booed at home. I could not hear that on the TV. Oh, yeah.
2: yeah, you were. Yeah, you were. Yeah, I guess. Drunk, but, but still, that's wild. It happens from time to time. It it probably happens about once a year if they're if they really put out a shitty performance. But. Uh, With that, we will have a quick commercial break and be back with the defense. And we are back with the defense. It's again a tale of two halves. First half, really, really good. Second half, not so great. Overall, I don't really love Joe Barry. He's the most vanilla defensive coordinator, it seems, in the league.
1: I think the most important thing is that at least the offense and defense decided to rotate Mm -hmm. when they were going to do terrible and when they were going to do good.
2: If they, yeah, if they both had really good first halves and then really bad second (laughs) halves, (laughs) Right. And it, I mean, the vibes would have been even worse than they were. Right. Right.
1: So either way, I mean, it's just nice that we got to control the football in the second half a little more, and then also not let their offense walk all over us in the first half when our offense couldn't put anything together. Yes.
2: Yes. And I don't know it, uh, There's been a lot of talk, too, this season about adjustments, both on offense and defense. Joe Barry, I just don't understand what happens sometimes. So the one, the Patriots in the second half had that one drive where they brought in uh, number 61. So they brought in an extra offensive lineman that entire drive, and they just marched down the field, and Joe Barry did nothing to adjust to that. Very, very simple thing like, hey, maybe just put another defensive lineman out there, but he did not decide to do that. Once again, just a chess versus checkers, Bilicek. Bill Belichick, Bill Belichick and the Patriots first, Joe Barry. Um, but yeah, it's, we're all watching and a third string quarterback shouldn't have been doing what he was doing in the second half at times. It's like, every, I don't know why you wouldn't rush, why, why you wouldn't blitz them a little bit more, but that's just who Joe Barry is. Right. would you imagine going up against like a third
1: string with one of, I mean, our defense is like ranked top four, typically, if you look at paper, isn't it? Like if you look at names and paper and stats. Well,
2: well that's the thing. Overall, yes, I feel pretty solid about the defense but with how much talent we have there it's, it's not getting as good as you want it to be right it's like yes. the opposite of a money ball situation yes so our our pass defense is very good our rush defense is suspect and once again in a game where you're going against a third screen quarterback you would think you would stack the box a little bit more and stop the run but Quay has been struggling a little bit and the defensive lineman has as well but we'll get into that later here is a tweet from Matt Schneidman talking about the run defense here uh some numbers from True Media Sports on the Packers run defense, yards rush allowed in, on first and second down 5.26, which is 29th in the NFL as is the Packers defense yards after contact uh, for rushes allowed 3.36, which is 25th in the NFL and percentage of opponents rushes for no gain or loss 17.6%, which is 22nd in the NFL. And of course, this week we go up against Saquon Barkley. So we'll see what happens there. But enough of bad shit. Outside linebacker, got to start with Rashawn Gary. He is very, very good at football. Right now, currently, he has the second best odds to win. Defensive player of the year tied with Bosa and Miles Garrett. Uh, Two sack game, force the fumble. I think he had like five pressures. He is tied for first in the NFL. Yeah, tied for first or second in the NFL in sacks with five of them now. It's nice to... You know, this has been a long time coming, his fourth year, and we've. He took a lot of shit that first year when he wasn't playing too much. Like I said, even just this year, JJ and Akbari played more snaps the first few games than uh, Gary did his rookie year. But incredible start to the season. First player with sacks in the first four games on the Packers since Colin Jenkins did it back in 2007, I believe. Um, And I don't know. I don't know if we win that game if Rashawn Gary isn't on the team, which is. Well, one isn't of the that best things sack, you could say is about the
1: That kept us kept them out of field goal range, mm-hmm. gonna be one of his sacks right there. Well, I mean, there was so there was that sack forcing the fumble. So, yeah, I mean he's specifically
2: not only making sacks, but he's in the pick six. Well, it, which I'm sure <laughs> the team is looking forward to every right, week. Yeah, they're right. looking they want to see if I'm who's getting those plays. But the first drive of the game, too, he stopped the series with the sack. And the second drive of the game or Second or third, he pressured Zappi or Hoyer to throw the ball on third and eight, a really shitty ball, and they had to punt after that. So literally the first three series of the game ended because of Rashawn Gary, and that is just a fucking difference maker.
1: We should be sending a congratulatory tweet. To like the pick six player of the week, like who had the most (laughs) impact on the game, you know, and like you won this week five's pick six player of the week, (sighs) you know. I think that's something we should just implement here.
2: It would be really funny to just send them because and like imagine
1: if Randall Cobb retweeted it or liked it, you know. (sighs) I mean, we'd we'd be heroes. I don't think he would be so thankful. For us
2: nominating him, yeah, like literally just give him a a printout of like congratulations with a little star on it, like he's in kindergarten <laughs> Send or something. A
1: mail piece, yeah, like to his fan mail with the link,
2: oh, a yeah. written text link. All right, all you're, right, you're the student of the week. Yeah, yep. uh, we'll see. I mean, they do take fan mail, so we might have to do that going forward. Uh, Preston Smith had a great game too. I love Preston this year. JJ still getting snapped, and even uh, Jonathan Garvin had a pressure on the first or second series as well. So it was nice to see him show up. Moved on to corner. They all played pretty well. I don't know. They didn't have to throw the ball too much. There was a couple plays, which was seemed to be miscommunication more than anything else. So I was fine with everything we saw from the corners. Obviously, Jair Alexander was out, but I would assume he's going to play next week in London.
1: Yeah, I mean, I guess they didn't do anything terrible, mm-hmm. but I did expect more, meaning I thought we were going to see some big defensive plays mm-hmm. um, against Hoyer. And then obviously not even having Hoyer having a third string in there. I I thought we were going to see bigger plays happen, sincerely. Well, I mean, like true some interceptions or, you know, uh, given how much we talk about and everyone talks about our quarterbacks being top tier as a trio uh, or even without our number one. Yep. Like it just I expected to see. A lot more shutdowns
2: than we did and a lot like, you know, like I yeah. said, an
1: interception or something, some big plays. I mean, and they didn't, we just
2: didn't see it. They didn't pass it too much, but everything that they did get was that kind of short and intermediate sure. shit. So they, there wasn't a no lot big of big plays let in. You're right, right, I suppose. And there wasn't a ton to be made. But yeah, either way, you expect a third stringer to do just hoped for something, you know. Uh, safety, Adrian Amos got uh, knocked out of the game in the first quarter with a concussion. He did tweet Leroy Butler after the game saying that he's good. So he should be back next week. Hopefully we'll see. He'll have to pass the concussion protocol. But uh, Rudy Ford had to come in, the special teams ace, and he played halfway decent. I believe he was the second highest graded player on defense, according to Pro Football Focus for the Packers this week. But I don't know with Pro Football Focus too. It's hard to know who is getting the blame on a lot of these plays because some of those miscommunications, those crossing routes, I know there was the one where Stokes passed a receiver over to Ford and the completion happened. It seemed to be Ford's fault. So I don't know, just a little ticky tack ship, but nothing to get too bent about inside linebacker. Once again, we kind of talked about the lackluster rush D, uh, Devondre Campbell is not having that great of a year. I think we talked about this stat earlier this year too, but, uh, you know, he had four missed tackles all of last year, and he already has six on the season. So we'll have to see. Hopefully he'll get that straightened out. There was just a couple plays, too, where you watch him hesitating and running into blocks, which is less than ideal. Quay Walker, kind of the same from him, too. He is, and I hate to say this because I love Quay, and I still think he's going to be a great player, but right now he does seem to be a bit of a liability in the run game. Uh, there's You watch some replays on the All-22, and he just runs into blocks or doesn't attack the running back and I think he'll get there at least he's attempting to make a play instead of being the Blake Martinez kind of catching the running back almost that comes to him so I don't know we'll see and I once again last week they did it and again this week they were rushing him quite a bit I believe he even had a pressure or at least got into uh zappy or might have even been Hoyer at the time's face on one of those throws so uh, moving on to the defensive line. Once again, uh, everyone besides Kenny kind of sucked. Kenny had the personal foul, uh, on which kept that one drive alive, the classic Mike Daniels penalty, which was, you know, I don't really expect that out of Kenny. But other than that, I would like to see something out of either Dean Lowry or Jaron Reed. Dean did have two pressures in the game, but in the run game right now, these guys are Pretty fucking bad. I mean, it's the Patriots offensive line just absolutely owned us in the trenches where it's not good when your safeties and inside linebackers have to make what feels like every single tackle.
1: We talked about this week too. We said, I asked the question, I said, is this something we can just expect our defense to give up? Is eight yard run after eight yard run? And I think you were like, I hope not. And (laughs) I I mean, so far, we're kind of uh, not seeing the light at the end of the tunnel. Yeah, so.
2: it it's tough because we felt good last week because we shut down Leonard Fournette, but yeah. once again, their offensive line has been so decimated by injuries that seems to be the bigger. That's like reason playing why, a second string, honestly. Right, so. Why we we're able to shut them down. So that's it for defense, special teams. a Couple things to talk about. I still hate Amari Rogers on returns. The re- so like in most games, I'm fine with him being back there because we're you know we're usually ahead, but late in the fourth quarter when it is a tie game and Amari Rodgers is at midfield to receive a punt. Like I don't feel good about that. That gives me anxiety and sure enough, it's a short punt and it skips to him, he catches it and returns it which was fine, but fuck, so even on problem, the kick returns, he just doesn't have that other gear that he gets into.
1: Is your problem his hands, his speed or just everything?
2: It's pretty much all of. I mean, he's he's, you know, you shoot for someone who I want to say like and this is so stupid, but like 90s overall. It's like he's he's a C. He's a so C in everything.
1: And your punt returners, though, isn't it basically like your fourth or fifth wide receiver? Like, more times than not, that well, that's who you put back there?
2: That That's what happens, but... Because it's
1: injury-prone, too, right?
2: A little bit, but not too much. Because looking at recent history for us, at least, the Aaron Rodgers, Brett Favre era of punt returns, like Tremont Williams and Micah Hyde were two of the better punt returners we had, and they were corners. Jerry sure. Alexander, his yeah. year, he was a punt returner, too, so... As long as you have someone who can catch the ball and run upfield, it shouldn't be that tough. Like there's someone you could sign off the street right now. A fast
1: guy who's going to go. You just, I'm, I know you yeah. how much you absolutely hate, hate that man.
2: I feel, I feel really bad because I liked the pick out of the draft. This is also before we had Randall Cobb though. So sure. a little different, but I thought he'd be a lot more pro ready. His father, God, I forgot his name, but he, he was a quarterback in the league. Um, like he coached him in high school, I believe coached him in college, and he's a receiver coach for Baltimore right now. So I'm like, oh, coach's son, this guy's going to be really, really good, like right away. And it's like, wait a minute, maybe he needed his dad around to hold his hand and show him how to so do some of this. You kind
1: of blame his dad more so. Yeah, he should is, be here.
2: He has Amari has daddy issues. Mm-hmm. That's what I wanted to get across. I here.
1: think you should tweet that to him too. He's I'm like the opposite. Whatever the opposite <laughs> of like the pick six player, yeah. it's like the worst player of the week or who I you feel hate so the most. Bad. And then you tweet his dad. We should just like start a hara- Twitter camp. No, I'm kidding. Shut up. Shut up. That's the last thing <laughs> anyone needs to do. Amari's dad calls the Ugh. cast center. He's like, hey, guys,
2: please leave me alone. Yes. I'm uh, not even a famous person. <laughs> right. um, once again, Mason Crosby is having a good year uh, after last year. It, it does seem like the snapping and holding issues are in the past. So that's nice. We don't have to really think about that anymore. And one other thing, the punt return game. Wh- I've I've wondered, you know, is, has the... The great special teams we had this year, is it because of personnel? Is it because of Rich Pesace on coaching? I I figured it was personnel and I was proof I even looked at some stats, but the biggest thing you can look at after Adrian Amos got hurt and Rudy Ford, the speedster gunner or flyer that they call him now, I believe, uh on special teams. Once he came in on defense, they pulled him off as a gunner on special teams. After they pulled him, the Pats had punt returns of 29 and 20 yards which are the two longest returns of the season so wow i think and this might be bold to say because these are rich basaccia people well rudy ford isn't but the other guys he's brought in like nixon if we had rudy ford and pat o'connell o'donnell last year with maurice our special teams coordinator i think we'd be fine you know i really don't know how much of it is coaching that might be a hot take but that's my take uh that's all. Like I got a
1: year-long take, huh? That's like like a year-long take, not like a next we'll week see. hot take.
2: <laughs> yeah, we'll yeah. see. I mean, Maurice Drayton is eh, I don't know, whatever. But uh,
1: timestamp this so we can make fun of you later in
2: the year. Absolutely. But uh, with that, is said I had for the game? Glad we won. Andrew, uh, you ready, ready for the next segment? You ready for take news? Heck yeah. Okay. Football time. Take news all right take news for the week like I said at the top uh Packers Twitter the older I get the more of a curmudgeon I'm becoming and the more I'm just like fucking shut up I hate this I hate everything everything has to be either the best thing ever or the worst thing ever and you have to talk about what's trending what's in what's it right now and once again and I love Zach Cruz I think Zach Cruz is one of the better Packer people on Twitter one of the better Packer writers overall But this tweet irked me. So, Matt Schneidman, who writes for The Athletic, put out a nice piece this week talking about Rashawn Gary and how, you know, he's one of the front runners for Defensive Player of the Year. This got a lot of traction. Ian Rappaport quote tweeted it, put it out there, you know, whatever millions of people saw this. Rashawn Gary, he's a beast now. He's a great player. Along with that, there was a lot of hype with Romeo Dubs. Bill Huber's piece talking about him and how he's a workaholic. So with that going on, and everyone talking about Rashawn Gary and Romeo Dubs. Two positive pieces of news. Two very positive pieces. Zach Cruz tweeted this out. Romeo Dubs gives off Rashawn Gary vibes. Obvious talent, athletically gifted, wide receiver coach called him a, quote, workaholic. Loves football. This kid truly loves football above everything else. Another quote. Gary is evidence of when you put all these things together, you usually get a very good player. It's like, okay, I think we're just drawing comp- very general comparisons here. He goes on. A second tweet after that. Honestly, you can say the same thing about Christian Watson too. Rabel, the wide receiver coach on Watson. I tell you what, Christian is a worker. And another quote, you watch him out there at practice. There's a speed that I've never felt before on the field. Sure. This is this is fine. What's I, your
1: problem? It seems like he's being nice and, and just like agreeing with the media.
2: Which is great, but it's not... He's not saying these things because you know this was an organic thought that he had.
1: Oh, he's just agreeing with all the other news.
2: He's, I'm saying, why in the fuck are we comparing Romeo Dubs to Rashawn Gary outside of him just being the hot button player of oh, Wednesday? Oh right, okay, I so, see what you're saying. So you're let's saying, so okay. let's get into this a little bit more. If we're gonna compare, so th- what he talked about there was, uh, he's athletic. And he's a workaholic and he loves football.
1: So everyone in the top .0001 of people well, who played football in high school who make well, it to the go. NFL here. are probably freaking exactly the same.
2: So here we go. This is this is what I'm getting at. Okay, let's look at another player. Okay, this player, player blank. He has a rat score of 9.71. Very, very athletic. That's a relative athletic score, Andrew. I don't think you know what I mean, You know what?
1: I thought you were going to say rat score like he... looks like a rat or acts like a fucking no i don't know not
2: not for this so okay and that score is between zero to 10 10 is like the most athletic person ever cool this player is a 9.71 uh here's a tweet about from tom silverstein uh quoting matt lafleur talking about this player quote he's a hard worker a great teammate this player also he does a he does a uh, football camp every summer for kids he loves football he loves football
1: so football players who became professional football players love mm-hmm. football. Yes.
2: And they work hard. Mm-hmm. Do you know who this player is? It is it is Ty Summers, who is one of the worst inside linebackers we have had in recent memory, who is a special teams player. I'll keep going. Here's another player. High Raskor, another 9.7. There was an article written about him. The headline was, Workaholic Warrior blank has all the tools to be a franchise left tackle. Another a quote in the article. Loves. Oh, sorry. This is just what I added. This dude, he loved football because you know how I know he loved football. This guy had to gain weight and to gain weight, he set an alarm during the night. So at like 2 a.m., 4 a.m., he would wake up and eat a sandwich so that he would put on weight, put on weight. This player, Jason Spriggs, workaholic, athletic, loves football. Let's do one more. Okay. Raskor 8.15 in elite grade. This player, we re-signed him this offseason, and LaFleur said twice in that presser, this guy is a hard worker. That's why we brought him back. He's Does a he hard worker. And you know what? This guy, he played in the United Football League, a nothing football league, not the NFL. He just loves the game. He loves playing football. You know who this guy is? Uh, no. No, you shouldn't. It's Dexter Williams, a sixth-round pick from a few years ago who was a training camp body. So I, I love the Packers. I love the knowledge we get from Packers Twitter. But this... Having to put things in certain boxes because it's the it thing of the week or the day just fucking pisses me. Could we just talk about how good Romeo Dubs is without comparing him to something else or saying that, you know, this play, wow, he's Devontae Adams? It's just, let's just slow our role and take people for who they are and players for who they are and what we see.
1: Yeah, I would, I think it's actually a lot better to take like how good Romeo Dubs is mm-hmm. and compare it instead of like how good other players are compared to how bad and terrible Amari Rodgers is. <laughs> yeah. I want to just really, for that to be the level of, of comparison.
2: I, I'd almost accept that too. Well, it's, I mean, like just... If Aaron uh, has a
1: bad game, we just start calling him Amari,
2: you know? <laughs> yeah. Like, just, just fucking... That's, <laughs> that's a little mean. But I mean, you know, if you, if you want to do something like that too, it's kind of the same thing, That that back shoulder touchdown he had. You know what one of my thoughts were after that play? That's something that MBS would never do. I he was with the Packers for four years. I think he once or twice had a back shoulder catch from Aaron Rodgers. And now you see Romeo Dubbs sure. doing that in his fourth game as a pro. So that's it. I still love Zach Cruz. I like Packers Twitter, but fuck man. Sometimes we just I, I think, need I maybe I just issues, need to take a step back. No, I don't still. think it's
1: gonna take a step back. I think honestly, what it is is uh, these these people who are are bigger right than than us and and, and they have a, a Unf- following, mm-hmm. they're expected to make a tweet. Every day or a couple times a day. Yes. So they look and they just, you know, I'm sure they're browsing more, obviously, but they're it's what they're reading. So And that's what's yeah. in the media and that's what they're talking about. I you guess. Know? but and it's, it's like they just got to say something because people admire them or respect them or read them. So they're probably like, you know, I'm sure they got like a marketing says, Hey, it makes most sense if you post one tweet every 10 hours. So then they're thinking, I got to post something. They yeah. post it that's what it is and because they know that if they don't post something they're not going to get as many clicks to their site i'm carrying on but you know what i'm saying
2: yes that's that's, with anyone
1: that just means they don't have anything relevant to say but they still have to for their brand
2: yes and i get it that's the name of the game i'm just saying that i fucking hate it because it's right it's not about quality anymore it's about quantity and it's about clicks and it's that goes further than football it goes in anything right now but uh all right, that's it. I'm glad I got that off my chest. But I'm honestly
1: uh, glad you did, too, because you looked very stressed out during that segment. You're I, not a stressed guy. No. But that was intense. I'm, I'm not a sweater. intense. No, fuck yeah. no, no. But
2: with that, Andrew, I think we'll have a little more fun here. You ready for the next segment?
1: I'm, I'm stoked for the next segment. All right. Uh, is Kyle an idiot? Love it.
2: I'm not an idiot. Okay. You sure? Yes. Right is Kyle an idiot for the week. Andrew. You are you have two and a half points out of a potential four twelve for the season. No, no, it's three a week. Oh, sorry. So got, after this three.
1: week, I'll have a potential twelve. Sure, yes, but I'm really two and a half out of nine. Yes, which is still giving you no, more yeah, credit. Ab-
2: absolutely. Okay, with that, Andrew, are you ready for your I'm first? I'm ready. I'm ready. Six play of the week. All right, Andrew. First question: Clay Matthews unofficially officially retired last week. He was featured, you know, a lot a lot of things to talk about with him. Uh-huh. But most importantly, obviously, he was featured in the film Pitch Perfect 2. What position group of the Packers did he appear with in the film?
1: What position group did Clay Matthews appear with in the film?
2: Yeah, so like he was there with the corners, with oh, the safeties, gotcha, the wide gotcha. receivers, offensive yep. line, right running here, backs, yep. quarterbacks.
1: Mm-hmm. Uh, He came with the offensive line. Wow, you're actually right. Yeah, and I'm going to tell you how I got that one. (laughs) Okay. Because you listed three that Uh like... You knew it wasn't. We both knew it wasn't because you listed them first. But then you're like, oh, I don't want to let him know that it wasn't one of those for sure. So then you started listing them I list that it might them. be. I know. But it was I, your your tone changed when you said that one. I'm not going to pretend. I don't think I saw pitch perfect. Okay. I remember the cops like, then i take it for the long way home. That was the first one. Yeah. Yes. And I don't remember the second
2: one. No, I don't think anyone really does. Okay. But yes, you're right at the well, offensive was line. Clay
1: Matthews in. No, sorry.
2: Brett Favre. Something was he Mary. still
1: playing when he was in Something about Mary?
2: Yes, that was very early in his career. I oh, believe. okay, but yeah, yes, uh, Clay Matthews was in Pitch Perfect too. I think Dom Barclay, who he was at the game last week or at, uh, next week, he's going to be at? No, last week he was there and like giving tour stuff. He was. It's funny because he was like a reserve offensive lineman. He did start some games, but he was not a yeah, great player. But that's he was funny. Good for him. All right, good job, Andrew. Thank you. God, I really was hoping I didn't tell that. But, no, uh, yeah, you should have yeah, wrote, wrote it down. It? Yeah, well, whatever. Joking. Second. Is calling a question for the week, Andrew. How many regular season touchdowns did Jeff Janis have in his career? That's a great question. Um, Jeff Janis,
1: the wide receiver for the Green Bay Packers, mm-hmm. the white guy, uh-huh. he uh, famously uh-huh.
2: had the touchdown against the Cardinals in the playoff yeah, game,
1: but not good enough to have his own cereal like uh, Jordy Flakes.
2: Jordy Flakes, I think Aaron Jones has. Does he? Okay,
1: yeah. I am gonna go uh, twenty. Four. <laughs> Am I crazy here?
2: So, uh, Jeff Janis finished with two uh, post postseason. No, sorry. Hey, he had he finished with two postseason wait, touchdowns. Postseason? He. Uh, let me finish. He finished with two postseason touchdowns. Regular season touchdowns. He had one. Oh, okay. Because so I,
1: I thought for a second like, hey, I got that, that's the wrong. Okay. Yeah, so okay, you were uh, okay. Really, 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 um, really wrong. Multiple orders of magnitude off.
2: You must have been thinking preseason games, because then know, maybe he I, was a little I bit closer. no idea what I was thinking. You're an embarrassment. All right. One-on-one for the week. Andrew, here's your last. And in fairness, it sounds not
1: good, but for me, one-on-one one is great. <laughs> so I'm, I'm already at a W here. You,
2: yeah, you truly, yeah, you live up to that. Uh, third question, Andrew. We were playing the New York Giants this week in London. Good day, mate. Uh, what was, I'm glad you disagreed with that. What was Eli Manning's record against the Green Bay Packers in the playoffs?
1: Uh, I was on a boat watching the playoff game in 2011 and mm. I remember the Giants won and it sucked. Yep. So I know there's at least one. Mm-hmm. I don't recall any other games between the Giants mm. and the Packers, mm. but I feel like there's probably two more Okay. <laughs> and I think we won them both. Oh. So
2: This is Eli's Eli Manning's record against the Packers, in the playoffs. Yeah. I'm going to go one and two. Okay. He was two and one. So he beat us in 2007 in the NFC Championship game at Lambeau against Brett Favre. Uh, I don't know if a lot of people don't know this. There was actually a conversation at halftime. Mike McCarthy thought about putting Aaron Rodgers in because Favre looks so bad in the cold. Was but, that his last year? Yes, that was his last year with the Packers. So Eli won that one, went on to win the Super Bowl 2011, beat us in the divisional round, went on to win the Super Bowl, and then we beat the uh, Giants at Lambeau Field in 2016. I was at that game with our buddy Clark, the Cobb Hail Mary game, and uh, we won that one. So Eli was two and one against us.
1: I'm just glad I wasn't at that game with you. Like, cause that would have been even more embarrassing.
2: If I oh, was at the game in
1: 2016, because there's he- like memories where like I'm like, oh shit, I've gone to some games I don't really remember yes. what game it was. I
2: hesitated. I was like, was Andrew at that one? But yes, Good. Uh, You are one and two for the week, which is pretty standard for you. So uh, it's actually stuff.
1: above average for me. So yeah. I'm it's I'm right slightly there. actually. So <laughs> what
2: is my stump spenny
1: question? Okay, so as we know, a a Packers tradition mm-hmm. um, is is the Lambo leap. Yes, classic, mm-hmm. right? I have a two-part question here. Okay. Who was the first person? Leroy Butler. Fuck. Very easy. Yep. Who has the most Lambo Leaps and how many?
2: Did you look this up? Obviously. I'm surprised this was even taken as a step. I would assume it is Donald Driver.
1: Well, it's not. Okay. Who is it? (laughs) Hang on. But now that you say it... um, Oh, God. Because... I. The number I have is four. I have four <laughs> Lambo leaps as the most Lambo leaps. That that there's is that, no, is that is that like an impossible thing? Because there's I no was way reading, that's true. And I was reading it. They're like, oh, the NFL is thinking about finding the Lambo leap, but like out of all celebrations in excess, that one's like the one that they've kind of turned a blind eye to. What year is this
2: article so- from? So <laughs> because this was. This was a conversation like five, ten years ago with team celebrations, but the Lambo leap got uh, grandfathered in, anyways. Oh boy, that's so funny. Oh, oh either my God. way, four is not even close. We're gonna have Seriously. to. This is gonna be a zero and zero for the week for you because there's no one. I don't know if it's recorded. Two, I don't think it's four.
1: Okay, after that brief pause and some research, I did not read the <laughs> entire. The entire paragraph. So um, I'm going to read you what it says. Leroy Butler would find the end zone only once before retiring, and he created the Lambo leap. Mm-hmm. Charles Woodson is the defensive uh. player with the most Lambo leaps, with four <laughs> offensive Lambo leaps are so common, they're not <laughs> tracked. So, so there we have four wow. being the number I read. And, you know, I was going to question it, but I was like, I'm going to be an idiot if I ask it because maybe that's just something everyone knows or, like, maybe it's just nope. something there. So would you have gotten Charles Woodson as defensive or would that have been a stump?
2: I I don't know. I th- I'd i like to say I would have guessed that, but okay. I don't You're know just for never. Sure. Yeah, I, I think I would have would have guessed that but who knows all right well great That's job hilarious you yeah great job way to be way to read all the way through yeah
1: no you know you know me as much as I <laughs>
2: <Yeah>. <laughs> read it all all right with that we have the preview for the Giants game once again playing in London finally the I don't know if you know this Andrew the Green Bay Packers are the last uh, team to play there the reason why they're the last one is the Packers are so popular and the home games are so important for Green Bay that they didn't give it up until this year when we had the extra game and away teams don't want to lose their game against the Packers because they usually sell more tickets because Packer fans travel so well
1: so is that like something the Packers like committee just says no we're not going like Mark, they have the Mark power Mark just to say back. that
2: yes they push back long enough i mean eventually they had to and yes they this is i believe this is like the giant's second or third time wow playing. so yep uh game is at 8 30 a.m so don't forget to set your alarms so you don't uh miss the game it is on nfl network network oof oofta i
1: wish i had some like facts or information on like Oh, the Packers travel to London very bad, but obviously there's gonna be none of that. (laughs) Well, we've
2: we've had a lot of struggles traveling to the West Coast anyway. So uh, Kevin Kugler and Mark Sanchez will be on the call, so that'll be interesting. The Packers are eight point favorites and the over under is what forty one and a half?
1: Yeah, we're seeing forty one and a half. But I like the line moving. I know no, sorry, I don't like it. I'm just saying it's interesting that it opens up at six. Mm Mm-hmm. And then it moves to eight, meaning obviously the public is like, Oh, the sure. pack is gonna or move to eight and a half, pack is gonna win, and that's what everyone thinks. Okay. So yeah, well, that's I guess always always we'll interesting.
2: We'll see where the money's at. Uh overall the Giants are three and one. This is also the first game in Europe where both teams are over five hundred that are playing. Usually there's at least one it's usually pretty shitty games and at least one team with a losing record. Right. Uh, that makes sense because people don't want...
1: Yeah, I remember like the first year wasn't like Jacksonville there usually, like three the, times. It's usually the Jags
2: were like kind of the pseudo...
1: Yeah, I thought like for a little they bit. were going to move there. That's like, you know, they yeah. were going to talk about it or something.
2: Uh, on offense, the Giants aren't great. Once again, another, another week where we're going up against a backup quarterback probably. Daniel Jones is probably going to be out. Tyrod Taylor might be out as well. So Davis Webb might get the start. They are also pretty unhealthy at the wide receiver position. We haven't seen the injury report yet, but they do have Kadarius, uh, Tony Kenny Galladay, Richie James, who's been their leading receiver and a couple other guys, but we'll see who they're throwing to on Sunday. The big thing with their offense is obviously their run game. Saquon Barkley is back after being injured the last few years and currently leads the league in rushing. He's also getting 5.5 yards per carry. Pretty nice. Um, On defense, their defense has been fine. They are ninth in points allowed. They are giving up 5.1 yards a carry, which is 27th in the NFL. But they are pretty good against the pass this year. They are a top 10 pass defense team. However, they have only gone up against Ryan Tannehill, Baker Mayfield, Cooper Rush, and most recently, Justin Fields. So we'll have to see how they go up against a real quarterback. Uh, They have eight sacks on the season, with only one player having more than one, that being Dexter Lawrence. So we'll see. Young team, new regime with the uh, new coach, the Bills' old offensive coordinator. But, I mean, they're 3-1. and A little surprising. We'll see what team shows up, but uh, yeah, it'll be... Interesting, Andrew. I thoughts? feel like
1: yeah. Not only are the Giants extremely surprising at three and one this year, mm-hmm. but London games are just like they can go anywhere. You know, yeah. they can go any direction. The travel, I think, the unfamiliar environment. There's just a lot of unknowns and and stuff that comes up. So it's really tough to even if you look at like historical data for a while, it was like oh, they're going to be lower scoring games. Always take the under yep. in London. Yep. But then you see some where it's like oh, well, clearly this defense is just fatigued as hell. And the other they they go like sixty point game, so it's just there is no like real consistency thing to look at for that travel. It can go, you could see a sixty five point game, or you could see a thirty point game, and it's just going to be very, I mean, interesting to watch. I don't like that we have the eight thirty a.m. Yeah, game. It's, I never it, do. That's that's <laughs> shitty. Um, yeah, it's like
2: a work week. I don't want to. Uh, yeah, I don't want to wake up, but like wake it's a work up, day. You no, know,
1: and you like to make the chili, and oh my god, what do you? Totally side question. When you making <laughs> meatballs in a crock pot. When do I'm, you have a special thing that you do
2: no i don't i don't use a crock pot too much i'm you know i'm a white guy so i love my air fryer that's fair okay yeah. so we, i've i've rolled up balls and just thrown in the air fryer for like 10 minutes and someone
1: told me great. to put grape jelly in my barbecue sauce yeah when yes and I, remember I did that like yeah, four years ago i started it and i i just can't get over it <laughs> after i got home sunday from the casino you know, fairly drunk at like 1130 midnight. I remember warming them up again <laughs> from the crock pot. Cause like we unplugged it and I just smashed like 20 of them and it was the best good night snack.
2: Excellent. Yes. Yeah. Anyway, back to the game. Yeah. Back to the game. No, I, <laughs> that's great though. I'm proud of you and your meatballs, yes, but uh, yes. yeah, we'll see those games are usually weird. The Vikings game uh, last week, there was pretty entertaining I actually came down on the wire. So maybe we'll have a weird game too, but yes, you're right with the travel. The Packers are flying out on Thursday. So we'll see what happens. And LaFleur when do was, teams
1: usually go? Do you know?
2: I don't know what it usually is, okay. but I think that's a little later than most do. And oh. Lafleur didn't even want to disclose all their travel information. He's been—it's been very funny to see how, if you watch press conferences, his first year coaching compared to now, he gives out absolutely no bits of information when it comes to injuries. Now with travel and other like schemes, like last week, I know Cassidy Hill asked her a question about like. Scheme or something, he's like, Well, do you want me to just give you our game plan? And he just sidestep the question, which is why funny to see. would
1: coaches like I know they have to talk to the media as part of their contract or something, right? Yeah. Like I know players do too, mm-hmm. but I guess why would any coach do this feel pressured, like they just like cave and like think it's what's the right thing? Like, yeah,
2: I mean, young coaches too, they usually give out a little bit more than they should. I mean, because I you always do find it an weird when, you, when someone's twice. like.
1: Oh, what's what's so and so's role going to be? And they're like, Oh, he's going to be a key player. Oh yeah, it's like, what the? F- what, oh, yeah. why, why it, would you say that? Because, it's all games. It's okay. They know they're playing should, head games to say something to be like, Oh, maybe they're going to prepare for the running back. But yes. really, I'm going to go crazy on the wideouts. Yes. Okay.
2: You should you should be playing games with it and Lafleur too. Like anytime they're asking about someone who had a bad game or something, like Lafleur will find a way to take blame, which is great okay. as well. They're
1: not even playing forty chess. They're like playing call or what's it called with the with the McCall? rocks the McCall? pebbles. I don't know. McC- the pebbles where you move them from the holes yeah. the Mancala? Mancala. Maybe? Is that what it is? Mancala. Yeah.
2: I've, I, every time I try to play, I yeah. hate that no, game. I'd rather just. Yeah. Checkers is even better than that. It is. Connect Four, sorry, or, you know, Settlers of Catan. But oh, with that. I love Catan. Andrew, what is your score prediction for this game?
1: Yeah. Um, I think Rogers specifically reacts. To media, obviously, he's a level-headed, mature guy, but he still wants to prove he's the best. He's a you know, mm-hmm. he loves football. He really just loves the game of Great football. Point, yes, uh, wor- wakes up, tries hard, always been going. I carried on too long, um, <laughs> <laughs> but no, I think that after last week's first half, um, he's going to come out swinging. Mm. Um, I think this is kind of where we sh- put the Jets into the light that they really are. Um, I'm obviously a Packer fan, so I don't think the Jets are are really a. 3 and one team. We're playing the Giants, but yes. Sorry, excuse me. Giants. They share a stadium, share a name, We'll be whatever. on to the Jets after this week, sure, yes. sure, Uh No, they... I, I just don't think they're a three-in-one team. So I think that we are going to end up going to hold the Giants under 10 points um, total. Okay. That's uh, just not this, like this a full prediction. This, this is your is score just prediction, yes? My score yeah, I guess I'll go score prediction. So they're going to be under 10, um, and I think our rookies are going to get in another... Touchdown again. I think Aaron Jones well. And I think Tanyan well. So what is that? 28? <laughs> we're going to go 28 to 9. Okay. No, 28-10. 28-10. 28-10. Wow.
2: Yep. Once again, Andrew, we have very similar scores. I have a score of 27 to 13. All right. No idea. Just feels right. It's like, eh, I don't know if we're going to score 30 points. Eh, I don't think the... the other team's going to get in the 20s. So there we go. That's
1: exactly exactly right. I'm glad
2: you broke it down a lot more than I did. It's very important. Uh, The reason I say
1: it is because I know I've gotten zero tweets about how many people <laughs> love my fan duel advice. So, you know, mm-hmm. throw those guys in there. Yeah, throw, know, throw throw all of them in. Like you said, Mix specifically them in. one the, of them will hit the rookie. Yep. One of them.
2: One of those rookies how to get with, there. With that, Andrew, what is your
1: bold prediction yeah, of the week? My bold prediction here. Um my bold prediction is that Aaron Rodgers mm. throws three touchdowns, three hundred and fifty yards, no interceptions, and let's say I'm gonna do one more
2: um, you should because that isn't bold at all. That's
1: not bold enough. Okay, let me let me go.
2: Five incompletions, five less, incompletions or less. Okay, cool. I think that's bold enough. Yeah, I'll take that. Very good. My bold prediction, I have. You know, we've talked about him a little bit this year, but not actually much at all. We've talked about Robert Tunyon a bit and Big Dog, the tight ends, but someone who's been getting a lot of snaps who we have not. Who hasn't had any real big plays. He had a good third down pickup week two, I believe. I I have Tyler Davis scoring a touchdown. Yes, he will be the vulture in this game. He's getting involved, but he hasn't had that touchdown yet. This feels like the week for Tyler Davis to finally get one for himself.
1: Does that make you feel good? No, I don't give a fuck. Okay, because I just feel like we've put so much of our time, (laughs) energy, support into Tunyon. And, and now Davis comes up like, hey, he's here, but we don't care. Oh. We already have a Tunyon.
2: Okay, well, we'll watch when Tyler Davis scores the touchdown on yeah. Sunday. I bet Tunyon's going to be one of the first people up there smacking no. his helmet against his. So Yeah, because he's
1: mad and he mm-hmm. wants to knock him out. Absolutely.
2: No. <laughs> and what? with that, everyone's favorite part of the episode. If you could please leave a five-star review. Oh, What's would... your bold prediction?
1: Oh, your bold prediction is the the Davis. Okay. Are I just listening? thought you were stating more facts, like fan duel estimations. You know, throw him in there for 200 bucks, cheap player. No, no. <laughs>
2: was my bold <laughs> prediction. With that, if you could please leave a five-star rating, subscribe, that would be cool. Uh, if you leave a review, you can take a screenshot, send it to us. At, God, I still got to send RJ his uh, his koozie. But yes, uh, take a screenshot, send it to us at, on Twitter at PMPpod or email us at pppodcast at gmail.com and we will send you a free koozie to make, drink your beverages with.
1: Make sure after you do that and you call out Amari Rogers' father on Twitter, you tag don't us. Don't do that. Don't tag do any of it. that.
2: We will block you if you do that. <laughs> but with that, I don't have anything else. Andrew, you fucking edit. do you have anything no. else? I just I just said it. Alright, well with that, Eric Huskinen, please don't sue us. I
0: didn't quit my job Yeah I just won't pay. I worked all year I worked all money and then they took my money away
2: going it's going very well what uh what's a good question for you what did you do this weekend
1: yeah i i played in a poker tournament on friday mm-hmm. i made it to mm-hmm. day two and then i lost cool and then i watched the again all right and my cousin the sweater mm, i told that, you the boy got got lost in the racetrack yes yeah at Canterbury. at canterbury
2: where paul allen the vikings announcer announces
1: yes why was he in the racetrack because he did not know how to find where you get picked up by an Uber. Why was that? And he was wasted.
2: Ah. Mm-hmm. Because he
0: drank too much booze. Okay. Mm-hmm.